Good morning, and welcome to the first ever podcast from Mountain View Community Church, Descend. My name is Hannah Carnifix, the Communications Director here at Mountain View, and I'm so excited to join you every other week as we discuss our latest sermon. The hope is that this podcast provides a way for us as a church to dive deeper into the Lord's Word together and have a chance in the middle of the week to be reminded of the goodness and intentionality of God through the sermon. Whether you're listening to prepare for your life group discussion or just want to practice applying the sermon to your week, we hope this podcast encourages you and draws you closer to our Creator. This week, we are joined by Aaron LaDuc and Kevin Wolf, two of our pastors here at Mountain View. Welcome. Hi, Hannah. Hello. You Welcome. can breathe now. Breathe. <laughs> you did your intro. How does it feel to be making history with the first ever Mountain View podcast? I feel really good about this. Yeah? I Kevin? feel. Um, I'm kind of neutral on this whole thing. I am, I am here as a willing, loving participant. <laughs> Love it. Well, you are a history maker today, yeah. so welcome. Um, why don't we start off with you guys telling everyone, telling everyone a little bit about yourselves. You've been at Mountain View for a long time. How'd you get here? How'd you get started? You both didn't start as pastors, so how how did you first get involved at Mountain View, and what was the process to 13 for Aaron, 13, mm-hmm. 13 and years, 21 yeah. years for Kevin at Mountain View? And a rock, paper, scissors for who goes first? <laughs> no, you're on it. Okay. Um, I, I, my wife and I met working in youth ministry at a summer camp. And so we, when we came to Mountain View, we had a heart to do, uh, student ministries, particularly for high school students. But when we came to Mountain View, it was a lot of like fifth and sixth graders primarily at our church. And so I remember early on talking to Kevin with one other couple in our church, Kim and Corey Dobson about, uh, starting a youth Mm -hmm. group or like restarting a youth group. I think there was something prior to that. And so for me, it was like youth ministry and uh, went through Pastors Institute while I was doing student ministries uh, because I needed like equipping and help. And and then I was the worship guy for a while and now I'm the preaching and equipping guy. Done it all. So, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I started coming as a college student, came to faith my freshman year at CSU and started going to Campus Crusade, known as Crew now. And um, a bunch of the students from Crew, as well as like our director, was coming to Mountain View. Mountain View is just a brand new church plant. And so started coming as a student. Um, really loved the verse-by-verse teaching and being equipped. And loved there were a lot of college students that were here. Um, and then after I graduated, I went overseas with Campus Crusade for a year and came back with every intention to go on staff with Crew. Um, and during that time, I took biblical distinctives as I was waiting to go on staff. And... God just really used that time. It really convicted me on the love that I have for the local church and God's design for the local church. I'm not taking anything away from crew or any parachurch ministries. It was just a, a passion that I had for the local church. And so I decided not to go on staff, but to get a job locally. Uh, we started the first Pastors and Leaders Institute. So it was part of that first class and just kind of grew with a heart for ministry. Um, that year we started the college ministry with just a couple couple students and several uh, leaders that I recruited to help us um with the ministry and so did that uh, non-vocationally for probably three years and came on part-time for several years uh, leading the college ministry and then came on full-time as a pastor 21 years ago. What was the name of the college ministry, Kevin? Extreme Reality with an X, <laughs> not an EX, with but an Extreme X. Reality. It was so cool back then. The did you come up with that name? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Hannah, how about you? How'd you get here? That's a great question. I moved to Colorado Almost three years ago. It's been almost three years of being in Colorado. From Texas. From Texas. Yeehaw. Um, just because me and my husband love the mountains and wanted to be 
outdoorsy and you can't do that in Texas. Um, so moved to Castle Rock first, then moved up to Fort Collins in June of 2021 and almost immediately found Mountain View, got plugged in and Aaron persuaded me to come on staff and here I am doing all the communications things. Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Doing yeah. it. So, okay, let's jump into the sermon. Okay. So quick recap. First, as a listener, if you've not listened to the podcast or to the sermon, go and do that. You can find it at Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. Do that first before you listen to this, just so you know what we're talking about. Um, second, we are going through our Awake series. So we're talking about three key elements of culture that as Christians we need to be aware of, how they're impacting us, individualism, politics, and technology. Aaron, do you want to give a quick recap of this Sunday, which was Awake to Individualism? Yes. Um, so, you know, like I was saying on Sunday, there's so much in any of these three topics you could preach for a lot. Um, so the the idea here is like we, we have all of these like things that are moving around us in culture and forming us as Christians. And, and one of these is this idea that, that who we are or, or, or what we're called to be or do comes from within. So our, our greatest authority comes from within us. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't, I don't think I used the term this Sunday, but a lot of, a lot of people refer to it, not just as individualism, but as expressive individualism. So it's not just that I have to find, my meaning or my fulfillment or my authority from within, mm -hmm. but I also have to, I have to express that yeah. to the world around me, which is maybe particularly a big part of the problem that's kind of pressing in on, a, on us. Um, Take a social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Social media is a great, a great um, example mm -hmm. of that. And uh, maybe like a bit of a, a toxic uh, implication of that. But, but this idea is largely, an empty promise to us. Like it, it, it sounds really good on the surface. It sounds fulfilling and promising. Um, and yet it, it leads to isolation. It leads to, um, the, the weakening of like God given institutions. It leads to loneliness and exhaustion for a lot of people. Um, and so the idea here is like the, the gospel actually speaks to this, um, in, in terms of who our identity, what our identity truly is. We're, we're found in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it speaks to the, um, the, the identity that, that our authority doesn't come from within. It comes from without our salvation comes from Jesus. And he calls us not to be, uh, though we are unique individuals, but we're unique individuals as part of a greater whole in the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. I feel like this was a, challenging sermon for me because politics and technology are things that can kind of slip by and you you don't realize how they're impacting you but they also are in front of you almost every day but individualism is like a if you don't sit down to really evaluate how it's impacting you it can become this really big problem that you don't even realize is a problem so i guess what did it get, do for you guys like in your hearts this week how do you feel like it it impacted the way that you think about every day. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, there's just so many like amens is trying to understand, like, like you're talking, Hannah, like it's so much part of the stream of our culture. Mm -hmm. And so just identifying it, it's just like, yeah, yeah, you, like you can, you can see that. And so I think initially, like starting out and just being like, oh, this is so helpful to be able to understand 
just the problems in our culture and to see, you know, I, I was particularly thinking about like a, our younger adults and younger generation um, and just this massive weight that they're constantly living under and then just how unfulfilling that is. Um, but I also know it's certainly not just a younger person mm-hmm. problem. Like we all struggle with this idea of like we're our best own authority. And so I found myself like initially like kind of being outward focused and being like, oh, this describes our world, this describes, <laughs> and then being able to stop and be like, oh my goodness, like this is mm-hmm. this is impacting me. And I think just in the ways of like on a daily basis, like how much do I evaluate things through what I feel about things, through what I think about things, through what makes sense to me, um, as opposed to walking in a, a surrendered heart and just like, Lord, you're the authority and I'm walking underneath you and I want to submit to you. And what do you think about this, Lord? What do you have for this? Um, as opposed to like, always looking inward to myself. And so, so I think like you're saying, Hannah, like, I, I think this is huge. I think this is a, a huge, massive part of all of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking uh, last night at, um, in, in the gospel formation class about Jesus's invitation to rest. And I'm, I'm like you, like mm-hmm. we can, we can all get sucked into this idea that like in and of myself, I have something to say or mm-hmm. something to offer. And, uh, and, somebody in the class was saying that like as we we were talking about sabbath something kind of unrelated to this but but he was saying that like this this invitation of jesus when he says come to me you who are weak and heavy laden and i'll give you rest like we we often think about that as a an invitation to the Mm non-believer and and like that one time kind of invitation to kind of yoke with christ but um but he was saying, like, I, I realize now, like, with this idea of resting in Christ, this is a continual invitation. And for me, that was, that's, like, remembering who I am in the gospel, um, my identity in Christ is uh, so good. Mm-hmm. And I can I can be so prone to get, like, frantic and trying to express who I am and rather than just, like, resting in Christ and, and trusting in, in his calling and his purposes and, and his, like, it's all his work anyway. Um, so kind of thinking through the implications of the gospel on my own individualism was really, um, challenging to me, but also really comforting to rem- just be reminded of mm-hmm. my identity. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys think, thinking about like rest versus the Lord has made us in his image and we are unique and he's given us opinions and a voice and all of that and work to do and work to yeah. do yeah how in our culture that is so loud and so um in your face about a lot of things how do we find that balance between it i mean is it a balance or is it like you can rest and have a voice you know what i mean yeah it's interesting because it it seems to me like the at least for me the people that i admire the most are the ones that are most content to just rest in their identity in mm-hmm. Jesus. And the people that are that are trying hardest to express their own individualism, I kind of am grossed out by. I'm not going to name names or anything, but like it it it's it's fascinating to me that like the the lie is so permeating mm-hmm. uh, to so many people ourselves included and yet what's most compelling is people that are like confident in their identity in Jesus. Yeah. Like that's what's most attractive to yeah. me and people. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you do how do you do both? Like what is oh. resting in what the Lord has given you instead of having to boast who you are? Like how what does that look like, yeah. I guess, in an everyday setting? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, because rest doesn't mean that we are we sit on the sidelines right. or we do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, God has given us a voice. God has given us leadership. Um, and I think for me, it's like, but it comes down to like, am I trying to communicate what I think or what I feel? Or am I trying to communicate what the Lord has? Am I trying to be submitted to him mm-hmm. as I am working hard as unto him while I'm resting in him? Yeah. You yeah. know, and so I think there is a little bit of a, an irony there where it's like, yeah, I, I want to spend my days working hard for the Lord to make him known and to have influence over people. Um, but I don't want to do that for my sake, yeah. you know? And so I think that's where the rest comes in. It's like I'm resting in Christ and who I am in Christ while I am um, exercising a voice to to bring him glory, to, to influence others for him. So more of a heart thing and a motivation thing and not a outward appearance kind of thing. Is that right? That's what you're saying? Yeah, or do nothing kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Or like rest doesn't mean do nothing. Yeah. I think it's a lot more of a posture of a heart of just like I'm resting in Christ while doing what he's calling me to do. What about you, Hannah? Because this is like, this is an interesting uh, thing for your role. Like we've talked Mm -hmm. about how weird it feels to be involved in like branding in a church, like which we try not to do a lot at Mountain View. But but the but the communication social media world is like a part of your job. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you do this? Like in your in your professional capacity yeah i mean i think it's kind of the same thing like the motivation is never to be the most popular or go viral in any way you know but you could yeah right like you probably i don't know how to do any of that stuff but you probably (laughs) know like the techniques to Uh like promote to like to get clicks and Mm -hmm. to promote visibility or whatever yeah um and i i think it's not focusing on those like that's not the purpose. So we're not going to pay for ads for certain things. You know, we're not going to go that route because that that's not the goal. The goal is to like motivate the body. And so I think, yeah, it's like, it's the same with people around us. If the goal is to encourage and love believers and non-believers, it's like, we're not trying to push any agenda on them. We're just existing, you know, with them and trying to encourage them how we can. Good. So, I don't know. Cool. Yeah, it's like we want to influence people and you want to influence people. Yeah. But yeah. Aaron and I were talking about kind of a popular um, Christian megastar, if you will, um, yesterday. And we were talking about like his online influence mm-hmm. and just how, like, because his voice is not, it actually is just trying to like do, like to get the clicks, you know, he's trying to like ruffle feathers mm-hmm. and trying to say things that are like off the cuff that are, that are, that kind of our shock, you know, value. And, yeah. and I just like how tiring it would be to like continue to try to keep that yeah. mm-hmm. like that going as opposed to, yeah, how do we use, I mean, I love what you're doing with media and stuff just to be able to like, we want to make Christ known. We want to yeah. honor him, but we want to do it from a posture of, of resting in him. Yeah. And it's about him. It's not about mountain view. It's not about promoting mountain view or promoting a person. It's about, man, we just want people to know mm-hmm. Christ, you know? Yeah. So what is about promoting a person? Yeah, but it is Jesus. a person, that person. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. person, yeah, the person, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And doing, I think you, Aaron, say this all the time. Like it's, we do things with excellence. Like we're not just yeah. floating around. We're doing everything in our life with excellence, but with the motivation mm-hmm. that this is for the Lord, and we are insignificant compared to that. Yeah, know? the way I think about it is like I want to live a life of like uh, humble excellence. Mm-hmm. So like I'm gonna strive to preach the best sermons and to like teach well, uh, to study well so that I'm well prepared to like mm-hmm. hopefully equip God's people as best I can. But recognizing that like all of that, like I could 
manufacture things yeah. and and maybe make people feel or or think in certain ways if I wanted to, but recognizing that like it has to be the spirit of God working in his people. Mm -hmm. That's where true kind of lasting and eternal fruit is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Kevin, you kind of touched on this a second ago, but thinking about um, how high school and college students are sometimes more prone to this idea of individualism, whether it's social media or just regular everyday pressures from culture. So what can we as the body of Christ or what can parents or mentors or siblings, really whoever, um, what can they do to help this demographic specifically combat individualism? Yeah, so prevalent. Like um, on actually Sunday night, I was having a conversation with a young adult. And without all the details, describing like a, a situation where, you know, there is within a marriage context, like a person desiring um, immorality in the context of their marriage and thinking it's okay. Um, and as I was sharing this with the young adult, you know, I think the response was, well, to each their own, mm. you know, and it just, like, it just broke my heart because I think that is kind of, and this is someone who is, um, would call themselves a follower of Christ. And it really isn't to each his own. You know, like we do have a creator, we do have a maker, and he does care about things. And that actually brings us to our greatest joy, you know? And so the things that he's aligned for us in marriage or sexuality or gender, like it's all for our good. And I think there's a, such this pervasive um, stream in, in all of culture, but I'd say particularly that it's a stream that, that most of our young people are running in, is it's just like, well, hey, what's good for you is good for you. and you kind of decide for yourself. And and I think it's just like we're missing out on helping people see the, the glory and the beauty of God's design. And he's not silent on these things. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, one, I think we do have to help our the younger generation as well as all of us, you know, just to be able to stand on there is an authority. There is a truth. And our goal is not to create that. Our goal is to discover that. And God's revealed that to us in his word, revealed that through Christ. And so we're on this quest to to understand that and so helping people see like that actually is not the right way to think about things like god does care about these things and he does communicate it and it's actually the best way to love people is to share that with them because a lot of times it's all under the like love like we just accept people because it's love and and it's not love to let people walk off a cliff or to you know that's someone's drowning just to be like well whatever's good for you right. you know like it's actually to to help them and to point them to truth so i think that right. is just being able to make sure that people understand that there is a truth and we're we're we need to seek to discover that, and, and that'll be a lifelong journey, but yet God's given us something in his word to help us to, that, that reveals to us who he is. And then I think secondly, and I think Aaron touched on this, I, I think just to help, and I think for all of us, like daily come back to what is my identity in Christ? And that is just so freeing. And you talked about rest before, like there's just such a rest that comes, like I am a child of the King, and he has given me my identity, and I can walk in that identity. I don't have to create my identity for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that, like you talked a lot on Sunday about just like that that treadmill or just that exhaustion mm -hmm. that comes from constantly trying to, and there's just a rest that comes like, I gotta be a child of the king. Mm -hmm. Like I am a child of the king. Yeah. And this is who he says that I am. And I don't have to try to make somebody think I'm this or that. Like the most important person, Jesus, my Lord says this about me and I have this identity and it's just hugely freeing. So I just think we have to go back to that a ton and remind people of, of what their identity is in Christ and their, and and what is that identity and coming back to that. So, yeah, yeah. Our tendency is to like, or I don't know, maybe my tendency is to in this uh, in this like 
culture of like everybody trying to express their own individuality, my tendency is to overcorrect for younger people and be like, you are not unique, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just yeah. crush it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's like, I know that that's a wrong inclination, but. And I think you did a good job on Sunday too, like taking a sidestep and be like, hey, it's not saying that you're not a unique, mm -hmm. yeah, you're made like, by the image of God, because that's important, God, yeah. you yeah. know, like. Something. Yeah, but that's that's my tendency is to be like, yeah. shut it down, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, as opposed as opposed to like the, the gospel answer is this like new way where it's like you don't have to be on this treadmill and you're not garbage mm -hmm. <laughs> either. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you are you are divinely created in the image of God. You are an individual. Mm -hmm. You are a unique individual. And yet that's part of a broader whole that's that only finds its like fulfillment in Christ yeah. and in the body, like the people of God forming you and shaping you and and shaping your individuality is like such a huge part of this too yeah, yeah. do you how do you guys think we start that conversation like is it having relationships with these high school college students that then we can equip them to take that to their peers how how does that even start i guess i think a lot of times it's just with a question mm -hmm. it's like are you is this satisfying to you yeah because i think that language of satisfaction and idolatry maybe not idolatry but you know you're an you're an idolater yeah, right out of the yeah. gates but like asking questions of like what are the what are the ends of what you're pursuing and is actually bringing you joy and peace and and satisfaction is is i think a pretty compelling way for for people to think because like there is satisfaction in christ yeah. the most mm -hmm. and uh so i think if if you know it, like we have a ton of college students in our body if they're out on campus and, and you know engaging with friends that are in this pursuit of like promoting their own selves i think that question is like is it working yeah. for you mm -hmm. is a pretty challenging question and i think it's a pretty non-threatening question to people because i think if you you actually have shown that you love people then that question is perceived out of love and it is a question of of love and care for others like mm -hmm. Are you enjoying this? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you, yeah. do you even like what you're doing on social media? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is applicable to people in the workplace. Oh, like yeah. it does. That's a great question for anybody. And it feels like an easy kind of ease into the deeper questions. And a question you can ask yourself yeah. too. Like, yeah. am I, am I satisfied mm -hmm. in my pursuits? Like, as I've tried to live my life, is this bringing me joy? Like, yeah. like the ultimate joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. rather than just like a shadow of it yeah yeah and i think the importance of relationship mm -hmm. i think is huge i think mm. um it just seems like that's the currency that allows you to speak into someone's life it just seems like it's that much more important yeah these days it's just like people need to know that you love and you care about them and yeah um and they're able to enter into their lives and and then i think ask those good questions mm -hmm. and i've kind of found myself because i grew up under like my early days of Christianity, like propositional truth is what's going to change people, you know? Mm. And so, and so it doesn't matter if there's a relationship or not, here's propositional truth. And that truth will, will change a heart. And obviously I, I know Which the truth will set you free. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But to be able to have the relationship building up to that. And I've found myself like more and more, like, even as I'm talking to people, whether they know Christ or not, like you pointed that out on Sunday and I, I, I hadn't put words to it, but I've found myself like, those are more of the questions asking people like, so how is this working for you? Yeah. Like, you're chasing after these things, you know, um, you have no authority in your life. Like, are you happy? Are you satisfied? You know, because a lot of people think that they're being freed by this. 
yeah. and they're not. Yeah. You know, they're they're under bondage, and it's just like this constant treadmill. So, um, so I think those questions are really important. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, Aaron, you mentioned that if you can't think of a time someone taught you something or called you out, you may be living in an individualistic mindset. I feel like this was convicting for me because I tend to shy away from all conflict in every situation. (laughs) And so that a lot of times leads to me not challenging other believers or um, like wanting people to look more like Jesus because I'm afraid of hurting feelings or damaging relationships or whatever that may look like. But so how do we as a church find the balance between the sensitivity of calling people out and always seeking growth because we don't want to be a church that is constantly making people feel like they are wrong like the moral police right yeah yeah but at the same time we want people to be challenged and encouraged by one another how about for you like i'm going to turn it back on you again (laughs) so like as a person who is maybe conflict averse Mm -hmm. what would it look like for somebody to call you out on what they, you know, somebody who yeah. loves you yeah. to call you out, like how, how would that be effective to call you out on like maybe sinful patterns in your mm-hmm. life? Like, or, or how has it been effective? I think if it's somebody who I love and trust, mm-hmm. then it's, it's easy for me to take conflict. If it's somebody who, or take criticism yeah. or whatever, yeah. if it's somebody who I don't know and they just walk up and they're like, Hey, change this. Then I tend to be more like, I'm sorry, what? You know, like yeah. I... And you I, are? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think, That's good. yeah, it goes back to... The relationship. The relationship, yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like, um, I'm the opposite of you, naturally. Okay, mm-hmm. when I came to to faith, I'm like, I I like love, a, love a fight. Yeah, give me, <laughs> give me the, give me the debates. And so like, you know, my prayer continually has been like gentleness and love for people. Yeah. But I found that for me in relationship, if, if I can make inevitably we are going to have to confront mm-hmm. one another. Like inevitably people, I want people that love me to, to call me out. Yeah. I want that. Um, and, and yet I struggle with people who are, are maybe constantly doing that. Like I have a hard time hearing that mm-hmm. even if they're right. Yeah. If you're constantly criticizing. And so I've found that like, even pragmatically in relationships that I have, like with, with my family, with coworkers, um, with friends in the body, like, and I don't do this well all the time, but my, my like desire is that all of life, I'm trying to be as encouraging as possible. Mm -hmm. So like somebody used the illustrate, I don't know if you used this, Kevin, like a long time ago for me, like when you are encouraging to people, you're pointing out positive things, you're building them up in the Lord. It's like putting a deposit in a bank, Mm -hmm. right? And you don't ever want to draw on a negative balance when you have to. Yeah like say hard things to people. And so like, I'm trying my whole life, like one of the things I'm constantly praying for and thinking about is like, how do I build this person up? Mm -hmm. And that's not just so that I can someday tear them down. It feels like, like really pragmatic in that sense. But like, that's, that's one of my goals because I know that that's going to come. And so if I can be thinking on a regular basis, like I love this person, I'm for this person. And so then when I come to them with a challenging thing, they know that they know it's from love. Yeah, they know yeah. I love them and I'm for them, mm-hmm. even if I have hard things to say. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think your comment on Sunday that way, like it, it there's like a, a starting point. It's like you have to be known. I mean, you yeah. have to be mm-hmm. in relationship, and so I think that's a starting point. And it's pretty easy to show up to things and be, but not, but kind of keep people at arm's length. So, 
I think it really does help to have that relationship. And and it's not, I think our language is important. Like it's not necessarily like tearing people down. It's actually like really loving yeah. people. Like when you, you, you look at the Proverbs and it's contrasting yeah. the, the, the wise man and the fool. And the wise person like wants people to speak into their life. Yep. And so I think one of the ways we can actually help is when we're in community with people is to invite people to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because when you're invited, then it's just kind of like it opens up the door, you know, and, and I even did that with our pastors yesterday, mm-hmm. right? We're at a pastor's meeting and we're talking about a hard thing and being able to be like, all right, guys, I don't know if I'm seeing this right. Like speak into my life. Yeah. If I'm not like help me to see this correctly, assuming that I'm not, you know, assuming I have blind spots. Yeah. So I think with that invitation, because it's never easy mm-hmm. for a person to confront them. I mean, it takes a lot for a person to confront someone. Mm-hmm. Um, in love and do it in the right way. And so having an invitation to do it, I think that opens up a lot of doors. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes our culture of you do you creeps into us as believers. Yeah. So who am I to say anything yeah, right. to you? Because you, uh, I'm yeah. going to take the log out of my own eye before I see the speck in yours. Which, is, you which know? we should. We should, yeah. for sure. But I think But also judgment begins with the household of God. Like we sure. are, you know, Paul says like, what do I have to do with judging yeah. unbelievers? Like we should be. Yeah. It feels weird to say we should be judging one another mm-hmm. to to pers- push one another to yeah. holy standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that in turn helps us with our in our own individualistic mindset. Whenever we are as a body of Christ, encouraging and believing the best in one another and building each yeah. other up, and then that it takes away from our "I'm the best" mentality. Here's why my opinion matters a little bit more. Yeah. So, I think what you said there, Hannah, was really insightful. That because of that stream of culture, mm-hmm. we all are impacted with like, well, I, I don't want to say anything, but who am I to say something? And, mm-hmm. you know, well, what if, you know, and so I, I do feel like um, what you just said, like loving people and being able to enter in, um, you have to overcome like that culture, like what you're talking about on Sunday, Aaron, you know, mm-hmm. you have to overcome that cultural idea that it's like, oh, just you do you, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, no, we're all trying to strive after Christ together and yeah. Yeah. we all want him together and we're all trying to help him together. And so out of humility and love for one another, it's not like the sin police. It's not just helping each other be like Christ yeah. and helping each other form each other. I loved how you said that, like looking for people to form you, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Well. Did we do it? This, this is a big topic. So I feel like we could <laughs> literally talk for like three yeah. hours on all of the different points of it but anything else you guys feel like is important to add that we didn't touch on i'm good no yeah i mean yeah we could keep talking but yeah maybe maybe some uh resources for people yeah that would be helpful if you want to dig into this more um some stuff that i've read over the last couple of months one is um uh, a really interesting book called um the rise and triumph of the modern self by carl truman um He's talking about how this culture of expressive individualism actually led to the sexual revolution that we have today. Mm-hmm. It's it's a pretty dense read. He has a, a shorter version called Strange New World, mm-hmm. which is uh, just kind of his like broad strokes arguments um, that's not as detailed uh, that, that I thought was fascinating. Uh, and then Trevin Wax wrote a book called Rethink Yourself, which is maybe more kind of introspective and personal, personally challenging than it is like, hmm. um, like propositional or yeah. or high level view. So yeah. historical. And those are both on our awake resources in the bookstore. The book they're uh, not the not the big Carl Truman book, but the little one, Strange New World. Is. Yeah, yeah. And they're posted on our social media as well, yep. so people can find them. Cool. So, okay. Happy Wednesday. 
Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Descend. Be sure to check back in two weeks for our next podcast. Have a great week.